Welcome to True Spirituality Network. We are focused on spreading the gospel of God's love across the world. The Bible says, There is no fear in love, and perfect love casts out every fear. As you feed on God's love for you, allow His love to cast out every fear, worry, and anxiety. God loves you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And Lord, we pray as we fly into your word again today, we'll pray that you make us to see Jesus in the beauty of his holiness and let your name be glorified. Thank you, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' beautiful name, I be prayed. And let God's people say, Amen. Amen. Um, I'm so excited to be here again and to bring some good news uh, from the word of God to us. And if you're joining us for the first time, this is True Spirituality Network. And on this platform, we unveil the good news of Christ. Pure good news. And the good news is very simple. For a start, it's called the good news of Christ. The gospel of Christ. So it's more about what Christ has done. The gospel is supposed to point you to what Christ has already done for you. And what are the things that Christ has done for you? Number one, because of what Jesus did on the cross for you, there is no more enmity between you and God. God is no longer angry with you. It is all peace, all love. So the gospel unveils the righteousness of God. Not the anger of God, but the righteousness of God. Not the wrath of God, but the loving kindness of God. The graciousness of God. And we need to understand this, that for every message we preach, it needs to be centered around faith, hope, and love including when we study the book of Revelation. God will not put the book of Revelation in the scripture to scare you. No. Every scripture is written for your benefit. It's because God loves you so much. And God put places like the book of Revelation in the scripture. And we've been exploring this book, actually. Um, we know this is one of the books of the scripture people tend to shy away from because of the some of the events that were recorded in the book of Revelation. However, we have decided to take time to study closely and we, we yesterday, if I'm right, were able to stop at Revelation chapter 5. And though we may have to start speeding things up because we have to finish this series by the end of this week, we have another series we're starting by next week on, on prophecy. Um, so, but I mean, it's, it's been an amazing ride. Studying the book of Revelation has been an awesome ride. I, I realize the more I, I come up here to come and teach and show us what the Bible says about the book of Revelation, the more God gives me more revelation <laughs> about the book of Revelation. So it's going to be an awesome ride again today. We're going to take it up from Revelation chapter 6. But before we do, let me show you a place in the book of Luke chapter 4. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Luke chapter 4, 
I'm going to start reading from verse 16 and I'll stop at verse 20. Luke chapter 4, verse 16 to verse 20. The Bible says, He went to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue as it was his custom. This was talking about Jesus. And he stood up to read. Verse 17. And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it was written. Now verse 18. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoner and recovery of sight for the blind to set the oppressed free to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. So this was Jesus, actually. The Bible says in Luke chapter 4 that he went into the synagogue and then he took a scroll and then he stood up to read. And then Jesus was actually reading from the book of Isaiah. During those times, in the old times, they never had access to the Bible the way we have access to it today. You know, we have access to many copies of the Bible. By the way, if you're listening to this and you don't have a Bible and you wish to have one and you do not have one, you can let us know. We can, we can get one across to you from any part of the world you are and we'll, we'll get it across to you. So they never had the opportunity. They never had phone app or phone whereby they can download Bible app. They never had, um, not all of them had a couple of Bibles. So the way they always do it then is that everyone will go to the temple sit down and wait on the leader um anybody the leader as at that time to open the scroll and then read and they will all listen to what the the leader has to say and so but in this case jesus was still very young was he still young i'm not even sure whether i was still young or not but either way jesus went to the to the to the um synagogue and then he carried from the book of isaiah and Jesus was reading from the book of Isaiah. But the amazing thing about what Jesus did here, and I want to show you very closely, you have to pay close attention. Make sure you just stay close right now. Jesus read Isaiah chapter 61. Isaiah chapter 61 says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the broken and there to proclaim freedom for the captives, to release the darkness to release from darkness for the prisoners to proclaim the year of the lord's favor that is Isaiah chapter 61 verse 1 and 2 however the bible says jesus stopped now if you read the original that jesus was reading that wasn't the end of that particular place jesus was reading verse 2 and then he stopped because jesus refused to read this part let me tell you the part jesus didn't read in Isaiah chapter 61, verse 1 and 2. You see that the year of the Lord's favor is in verse 2 of the book of Isaiah 61. But that's not all if you go back to the original. So let us see what Jesus didn't read. And then the Bible says, And the day of the vengeance of our Lord to comfort all who mourn. 
Jesus did not read the part that says, the day of the vengeance of our Lord. Jesus stopped at to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Jesus never read or never talked about the day of the vengeance of our Lord. You know why? The reason is because when Jesus came, he came to share just pure good news. And because he came to save, he chose not to talk about the day of the vengeance of our Lord. You know, I strongly believe Jesus understands that the way the mind of man works is, if you want to preach good news, make it pure good news. <laughs> you know, we have preachers today, sadly, that tend to want to... It, we, we have good intentions, though, but in, in trying to preach the gospel to people, at times, preachers tend to scare them <laughs> with the gospel. We tend to scare them, and this is one of the things that happens even when an average person wants to read or study the book of Revelation. They are scared. They are scared because all what they've heard about the book of Revelation are just the tribulation, the unfavorable events that happened in the book of Revelation. And so that just made them shy away from the old book itself. But again, the old scripture was written for your benefit. So Jesus didn't read the part that says to, pro, to the day of the vengeance of our Lord. Preachers, ministers, can we all stop where Jesus stopped? Can we all just make sure as much as we are preaching to God's people, we are preaching pure good news and we are not preaching vengeance of the, the day of the vengeance of our Lord? You see, God is a just God. God is a holy God. And judgment is coming upon the earth. But the truth of the matter is for the believer, our judgment is in the past. When we talk about judgment day, the day of judgment, and we are doing this to scare believers, we are preaching another gospel. When we talk about judgment day, listen, it should be the unbeliever that should be scared. If you listen to any message that talks about the judgment day and you are scared as a believer, then you have been wrongly taught. They have told you the wrong thing. The day of judgment for you is not the day for you to be scared. When you hear about judgment day, when you hear about rapture, when you hear about Jesus is coming back and you are scared, then something is wrong. You've been wrongly taught the word of God. Jesus stopped when he said the year of the Lord's favor. He didn't say that at the day of the vengeance of our Lord. He didn't say that. Preachers, let us stop where Jesus stopped. Pure good news. Let us proclaim God's favor upon God's people. Let us tell them the good news of Christ that because of what Jesus did for them, all their sins are forgiven. And Jesus took all their sickness on his body and by his stripes they be made healed. Let us tell God's people that because of what Jesus did for them, they are now radically blessed by God. Let us tell God's people that they are not trying to be blessed. Don't tell them they have to do 20 more things to be blessed. There is no principle. There is no one special blessing. Tell them all their blessing is already in Christ and God is not trying to bless them. He has already blessed them with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly places. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3. Let us stop where Jesus stopped. Jesus stopped at the day of the, the, the year of the Lord's favor. Hallelujah. So Jesus didn't read that part. However, by the way, Revelation chapter 6, 
the good news is Revelation chapter 6 began to unveil the day of the vengeance of our Lord. Again, judgment is coming upon this earth. Again, it's not coming upon the believer. The believer has been redeemed. The believer has been saved from the wrath to come. The believer has been saved and redeemed. So judgment day is not to scare the believer because when the believer got born again, when you receive Jesus into your life, the Bible says in the book of John 3, 16, whosoever believe shall not perish. So if people perish on the day of judgment, you shall not perish. The day of judgment for the believer is not the day to be scared. Let me jump ahead of myself. The Bible says, and many books were opened, and another book were, was opened, and it is the book of life. Every single believer's name is in the book of life. But Yinka, I don't want God to blot out, blot out my name from the book of life. Then again, you've been wrongly taught. God can never blot out your name from the book of life. If you're born again, <laughs> the Lamb book of life is, is the names of those that are actually even there. It's the names of believers. Our names are written in the book of life. The Bible says, He who overcomes, I will not. That's what the scripture says. It's not, again, it's not supposed to be a prayer point for you, the believer. Go and read your Bible. He who overcomes, I will not blot out his name from the book of life. The believer, sadly, who doesn't know this truth, will still be praying, Lord, please don't blot out my name. Again, if you have to pray that God should not blot out your name, and you're born again, then you've been wrongly taught. There are some things in Christianity they should never be prayer point. Do you know what it means to be born again? <laughs> I really wish people really knew what it means to be born again. It's the greatest decision you've ever made in your life. You will not really, really appreciate the fact that you are born again until when this world comes to an end and you see yourself reigning with Christ. The Bible says, We who are alive and remain shall be with him forever. We'll be caught up in a twinkle of an eye. We'll put off this body that is corruptible and we'll put on an incorruptible body. So the Bible says, Encourage one another with these words. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Encourage one another with these words. The message of rapture, judgment day is not to scare the believer. It is to encourage one another with this word. So when Jesus comes back, he's coming for you. There will be judgment on earth, but you won't be there. Hallelujah. Isn't that awesome? That's what it means to be sealed with the, with the promise of the Holy Ghost. You've been sealed. Let me show you the scripture. Revelation chapter 6. So everything we're going to read in Revelation chapter 6 at top is not talking about you. Because we're about to start reading so many things that happen on the earth. For everything that will happen on earth, you are not there. You are already in heaven. These things will not happen until Jesus comes for us. When, people, when coronavirus started, people were like, hey, may, maybe it's the sheep of 666. They're about to start it. Hey, maybe, sir, no judgment will happen on earth. Until Jesus comes for us, there is no judgment that will touch the hurt until Jesus comes for you and I. The moment Jesus comes for us, broom, that is when he will open the seals. He's not going to unveil any seal. <laughs> Revelation 5, we saw that, saw that yesterday. That there was, there was a seal and then John was weeping that nobody was worthy to open the seals. And then the Bible says, one of the elders says, Weep not, for behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah has prevailed to open up the seals. And the Bible says, And I looked behind me, and I saw a lamb, as if it has just been slain. And then the lamb came to open the seals. And we're going to see what happened when he began to open the scroll, open the seal. 
But before you do that, again, the reason why an average believer will, want, will not want to read the book of Revelation is because he thinks he will experience all of these things. In fact, in quote, some in quote, and I put in quote in capital, in quote, gospel drama movies have seen about the book of Revelation when they portray Revelation chapter 6 downward. They always do it as if some, some believers are there. Believer will not be unhurt when tribulation starts happening on earth because we'll all be raptured with Christ. And that's what, why the Bible shows us Revelation chapter 4 and Revelation chapter 5. The believer is already in heaven. The church is already in heaven. And then we're going to see these things. You'll see it for yourself. So Revelation chapter 6 from verse 1. The Bible says, I watched as the Lamb opened the first of the seven seals. So again, the first seals was opened. And then, let us see what happened. Then I heard one of the four living creatures say with a voice like a thunder, Come, I looked. And there before me was a white horse. Its rider had held a bow and he was given a crown. And he rode out as a conqueror bent on conquest. Now let me tell you this. I may not be able and most times I will not tell you what all of these seals mean. You don't need everything. <laughs> you don't need the meaning of all the seals. Um, concerning some of these events that happened, um, concerning some writers, concerning some of the mysteries in Revelation, the book of Revelation. There are so many commentaries on some of them. Some of them, even commentators are yet to agree on some of, some of the specific events. However, you see, one of the things I've learned in Christianity or personally <laughs> is that there are some things that are not so important if they are not related to salvation. <laughs> For example, there's this question people always ask one time. They say to them like, if God created Adam and Eve, and Adam and Eve gave birth to Cain and Abel, and the Bible says Cain killed Abel, who did Cain got married to? You don't need that answer. <laughs> there's nothing you want to do to it. It's not related to salvation. It's not related, I mean, I just, I just realized if there's, what does that name, the name of the person, what do, what do you want to do with the name of the person? Or for example, what are the names of the 5,000 people Jesus fed? You do, there are some things you, they are not just relevant. <laughs> they, you do just need them. So for, for some controversial um, commentaries on the book of Revelation, from chapter 6 upward, some of them will just read them. I won't take time to explain them. The Bible says in Revelation chapter, Revelation chapter 1 verse 3, Blessed is he who reads and those who hear. So we are blessed for reading the book of Revelation. So I won't explain everything. Two reasons, because I don't know everything yet in the book of Revelation as fast. Because it's a book of symbols. Um, but however, the ones I think are so relevant to you that you should know about, I'm going to take time to explain them from the finished work of Christ's perspective. So let's just agree on that heads up. So again, this first seal, when it was opened, the Bible says, I had one of the four living creatures say with a voice, Come, I looked there before me a white horse. And then, by the way, just by the way, commentators say, that there are some commentators that say, well, this is Christ. Some say this is not Christ. Where do I stand? I think this is not Christ. Because in Revelation chapter 19, Christ actually came. And the irony is, the introduction of this first, first creature that was on a white horse almost looked like that of Christ. But again, you know, the devil knows how to, the devil most times tries to impersonate. The devil try, learn, learn, tries to impersonate. 
I strongly believe you, you don't need this by the way, but I strongly believe this this picture, at my opinion, this false creature is the antichrist. Again, you are no longer on earth, and I, I will repeat these things. You are in heaven. All these things that John saw saw, you will see them, you'll be in heaven seeing these things happening on earth. Because again, you were purchased, you've been redeemed, you've been sealed. So all of these judgments will not come to you. This is these are the things that will happen on earth. So again, just rest. If you're born again, though, if you're not born again, then you should get born again. Anyway, so I strongly believe this is this is um Antichrist. This is the Antichrist. And let me show you, please, in the book of Matthew chapter 24, very quickly. Matthew chapter 24, verse 4. The Bible says, And Jesus answered and answered and said to them, Take heed that no man deceive you. Verse 5. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. Many will come in my name and say, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. Let me show you what verse 23 says. That's in Matthew chapter 24. Then if any man say to you, Lo, here is Christ, or there, believe it or not. For there shall arise false Christ and false prophets, and shall show great signs and wonders, insomuch that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. So I, I strongly think this false creature is Antichrist. Let me tell you something. Now listen, listen, listen. There's a difference between Antichrist and false Christ. It's even good we're talking about this. There's a difference between false Christ and Antichrist. John, in the book of First John, spoke about Antichrist. And Antichrist simply means, I don't believe in Christ. I don't believe Jesus died. I don't believe Jesus came in the form of a man. I don't believe Jesus died. I don't believe Jesus was buried. I don't just believe Jesus rose on the third day. That is Antichrist. False Christ, actually, on the other end, from the word false, pseudo, means the person is trying to portray to be Christ. False prophet means the person is trying to portray to be a prophet. For example, anti-something is not the same thing as false something. Anti, I'm looking at the best example I can use, Holy Spirit. Okay, let's see ghost, antichrist. So, antichrist simply means I don't believe Christ came in form of man. False Christ means the person is trying to deceive people to be the Christ when the person is not the Christ. So if you say false something, um, false something, so that means that those people are trying to portray, for example, Matthew chapter 7 that says, many will say, Lord, Lord, um, we did this in your name. Jesus was talking to false prophets. They were not prophets, but they appeared to be prophets. So Jesus would tell them, I never knew you because you were not prophets in the first place. You were just false. So Jesus talked a lot about false prophets. Jesus didn't talk about Antichrist. John talked about Antichrist. Jesus talked about false, pro- false prophets, false Christ. So I strongly believe the first writer here is a picture of false Christ, <laughs> so to say. Again, keep it to heart. When, I, when we get to Revelation chapter 19, I will show you the same, I will compare these things to you and you will see that they almost have the same thing but that is not the Christ. Anyway, don't let me bore you too much <laughs> with too much theology. Revelation chapter 6, verse 3. When the Lamb opened the second seal, the Lamb was even busy opening the book. Jesus was busy opening the seal. You understand what I mean, right? When the Lamb opened the second seal, I had the second living creature say, Come. Then another horse came out, a fiery red one. Its rider was given power to take peace from the earth and to make people kill each other. To him was given a large sword. 
so again event horrible events are about to start happening on earth are you there as the believer no you the believer you're already in heaven you're already raptured you are not experiencing this event these events are not to scare you in fact the fact that you are seeing this event happen on earth and god saved you from this event should make you fall in love with jesus the more <laughs> okay i'm not sure if people get what i just said the fact that god loves you so much and you give it up to christ and then this event happened on that and you are not there but you are in the bosom of jesus himself to just make you fall in love with christ the more god has saved you from the wrath to come isn't that awesome hallelujah so the bible says in verse 5 when the lamp opened the third seals seal i heard the third living creature say come i looked and there before me was a black horse its rider was holding a pair of scales in his hand then i heard what sounded like the voice among the four living creatures saying two pounds of wheat for a day's wage and six pounds of barley, barley for a day's wages and do not damage the oil and the wine verse 7 when the lamb opened the fourth seal i heard the voice of the fourth living creature say come i looked and there before me was a pale horse his rider's name was death and aids was following close behind him everybody knows this one death death came into the picture as a rider they were given power over a fourth of the earth to kill by sword famine and plague and by the wild beast of the earth verse 9 when he opened the fifth seal i saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain because of the word of god and the testimony they had maintained they called out in a loud voice how long sovereign lord holy and true until we judge the inhabitants of the heart and avenge our blood so when we got to fifth seals by the way it turns as if things change and then the souls of those that were martyred were screaming to god and they were like god how long will you avenge us now don't forget i started by reading the book of luke chapter 4 verse 18 where jesus stopped jesus didn't talk about the day of the vengeance of our lord you know why because what jesus brought was salvation what jesus brought was good news and if you receive the good news then there's no judgment for you for god so loved the world that he gave his only because son. whosoever believe shall not perish whosoever believe shall not be judged you know why because our judgment was on the body of jesus so judgment began to happen on earth as jesus began to open the seals but if jesus is so loving how come he's judging the heart <laughs> that's a very good question how many of you see um action movies i see action movies i see bollywood movies <laughs> and how many of you like it when when the good guy comes into the picture and comes and beat the bad guy <laughs> i love it i know you like scenes like that as well whereby the good guy just comes into the picture after the bad guy has done so many evil i know you don't like it when the movie ends if the bad if the good guy is yet to beat the bad guy i know you like it you were always waiting for the end whereby the good guy comes into the picture whoa and then start beating the bad guy for the punishment of all the evil the bad guy has done jesus is a just god so there should be judgment on earth and if not for anything you know jesus didn't talk about the day of the vengeance of our lord because why he brought salvation for us and that's why i'm so glad you were born again if you're listening to this if you're yet to be born again you must be born again 
I am body again. There's nothing more beautiful. He brought salvation offer to us. Because he doesn't want you and I to experience the day of the vengeance of our Lord. Because the hurt will be judged. That's why God wants you to believe in him. And if I said that believe, it didn't just save you from the wrath to come. He brought you into a place of relationship. Whereby you can cry, Abba, Father. Whereby the Holy Spirit can now live on your inside. Whereby you can know that all your sins are forgiven. Whereby you can walk in dominion as the one that all authority in heaven and on earth has been given unto. Isn't that awesome? I think that's really beautiful. But anyway, I think I love it when I see Jesus actually judge the hurt. I see evil coming to an end. I think I love it when I see Jesus throwing the devil into the bottomless pit. I think I love things like that. I think I love it when the bad guy is being beaten by the good guy. <laughs> so I think Jesus is trying to... Jesus is he's the judge. He's, he, he came as a savior initially. He's also our judge. For the believer, the judge is your righteousness. For the unbeliever, they will be judged because they didn't receive the gospel, the good news, the salvation that was extended to them. So, in the, when the fifth seal was opened, by the way, the Bible says the souls of those who had been slain, the martyr, those that were killed for, the testimony, for their testimony about Jesus, they said, Lord, until when will you judge the inhabitant of that and avenge our blood? Verse 11 says, then each of them was given a white robe. We talked about it before. White robe means a garment of righteousness. And then they were told to wait a little longer until the full number of fellow servants, their brothers and sisters, were killed just as they had been. What does this mean? Now, we begin to see so many things, by the way, in time to come as well, that the Bible talks about some other people on earth. The Bible says... Um, when the Bible makes reference to any other person on earth, apart from we that were already with him in heaven, who was Jesus making reference to? Who was John seeing in the vision he was saying? I humbly submit to you, he's, he's making reference to, to those in Israel, to the Jews. Now, this I can't explain in a few minutes. I have 20 minutes more. But I'll try and make sure as much as possible when we get to Revelation chapter 7, I explained to you so many things that happened before, behind the scene. But let me give you a heads up. And I've explained this before, by the way. Long before salvation was extended to the Gentiles, salvation was forced to the Jews. Listen, everybody. You have to really understand this part. When, when, I, when I mean Jews, I mean the children of Israel. The Bible says in the book of John chapter 1, He came to his own, but they did not receive him. But, John 1, 11 and 12, as many that received him, he gave power to be called sons of God. When Jesus came initially, when, when the pro, you remember the promise of God from Abraham and to his heirs and all of these things, the covenant of God upon Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, all these promises were specifically to the children of Israel initially. But again, when Jesus came, salvation came in form of a person. And the Bible says he came to his home. But they did not receive him. Then salvation was extended to the Jews. Sorry, to the Gentiles, you and I. Gentiles mean to, the, <laughs> to every other person who is not a Jew. Jew. Romans chapter 1 verse 16 put it this way. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. For daring the righteousness of God is being revealed first to the Jews. Because you have to understand this part. First to the Jews, 
Salvation was first brought to the Jews and also to the Gentiles. Of course, you and I are saved today. We are all one in the sight of God. If you are born again, you are no longer Jew, you are no longer Gentiles. You are the church, you are the bride of Christ. We all understand that. But the covenant of God stands sure for the Jews. Again, let's take it a step backward. We are all sons of God. Whether you are Jew or Gentile, if you are born again, you are the church. In the sight of God, there's no discrimination, there's no Jew, there's no Gentile. But the covenant, the promise of God still stands sure for the Jews, whether you like it or not. There's so many covenants, so many promises God makes to the Jews, whether you like it or not. And the covenant of, of God still stands sure. <laughs> so again, why am I saying these things? Because we begin to see, most, most, most especially when we get to Revelation chapter 7, and you understand this better when we get there, and you see some events that happen there. When the Bible talks about, well, I number them, the 144. 12 from the tribe of these, 12 from the tribe of these, 12,000 from the tribe of these. You understand what it means? So again, we have to establish that first. So we can get the concept of what we're talking about here. But long before that, by the way, let's go back to where we come back to where we're reading. So the Bible says, uh, well, they were in verse 9 of Revelation chapter 6. When he opened the fifth seal, I saw that we talked about this already, the soul of those that were being martyred, and then those guys, by the way, they are, they are in heaven, by the way. The souls of these guys are already in heaven. That's why they were given white robe. Judgment is happening on earth. These guys were saying in heaven, and God said, you know what? Wait a little longer. Wait a little while. And verse 12 says, I watched as he opened the sixth seals. There was a great earthquake. Where does earthquake happen? In heaven or on earth? Earthquake, for instance. Earthquake means earthquake means the Quick will happen on earth. <laughs> Outquick, quick happens on earth. And then the Bible says, The sun turned black like sackcloth made of goat hair. The whole moon turned blood red. Verse 13. And the stars in the sky fell to earth as figs drops from a fig tree when shaken by a strong wind. Verse 14. The heavens receded like a scroll being rolled up and every mountain and island was removed from its place. And this same description, by the way, were well, some of the things Jesus told the Jews in Matthew chapter 24. I will take time to explain this from tomorrow. I can't, if I start explaining this, we won't leave this place. So it's better I start explaining it when, when I start Matthew chapter 7. Sorry, Revelation chapter 7. But let me help you. There was an event that happened in Matthew chapter 24, and then these people asked Jesus, some couple of questions, Matthew chapter 24. And they asked Jesus the question of, what will be the sign of the end of the age? And then Jesus was telling them what will happen at the sign, that, what, some of these that will be the signs that the end is come. And then, one of the things Jesus said in Matthew chapter 24 verse 29 is, immediately after the distress of those days, in bracket, he's talking about the great tribulation, the sun <laughs> will be darkened. And the moon will not give its light. So Matthew 24, 29 is directly related to the event happening in Revelation chapter 6. You can read these things later on. You don't need to go through it. And so anyway, so it's almost as if the, the um, world is coming to an end. But again, these old things will not happen until after you and I rapture. Jesus comes for us. We rapture with him. We reign with him. And then tribulations can happen on earth. No tribulation will touch the earth until the believer is already in heaven. This is why the believer should not be scared 
of the judgment that will come on earth. This is why the believer should not be running away from the book of Revelation because of the bad, in quote, the unfavorable events that will happen on earth. You won't be there. Yeah, this, this will make you appreciate the fact that Jesus actually redeemed you even from the wrath to come. Whosoever believes shall not perish but have everlasting life. So Jesus cannot promise you everlasting life and still make you experience this. Do you understand what I'm talking about? It's not possible. So that's in Revelation chapter 6. Let's wrap it up. Verse 15 says, the, Then the kings of the earth, the princes, the generals, the rich, the mighty, and everyone else, both slave and free, and, and free, eat in caves and among the rock of the mountains they call to the mountain and the rock fall on us and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the lamb for the great day of their wrath has come and who can withstand it stop so let's bring everything together now just stay close to me now i'm about to bring everything together in luke chapter 4 verse 18 and 19 Bible says just carried the scroll of isaiah and he was reading, the spirit of the Lord is upon me, as I entered me to preach the gospel to the poor, to do this, to do that. And then when he was about to end it, in verse 19, he said, the Bible said, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And then verse 20 says, and he closed the scroll. Jesus didn't talk about the day of vengeance of the Lord, the wrath of God. He didn't talk about it. However, that day has come upon the heart in Revelation chapter 6. So if we go back to Isaiah, Isaiah talked about the fact that the day of the vengeance of the Lord. The, the next line says, To comfort those who mourn. And when the fifth seal was opened, the Bible says the voice of the Messiah was were crying to God, Lord, when will you avenge us? And God said, you know what? It's okay, just give him a few more time. So God was going to comfort everybody, everybody that was retired in context when the fifth seal was opened. But apart from that, now, this guy said, the day of the, the wrath of the Lamb has come. Revelation chapter 6, verse 17. For the great day of their wrath has come. So the day of the vengeance of the Lord that Jesus didn't read in Luke chapter 16, Luke chapter 4, verse 18, 19, 20, from the book of Isaiah, it has come. And guess what? You and I will not experience the wrath of God. You know why? Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13 says this. And in him, in Christ, Having heard and believed the word of truth, once you born it, get born again, the gospel of your salvation, you were sealed with the promise, Holy Spirit. Because you've been sealed. So everything that will happen on earth will not touch you. You've been sealed. What it means to be sealed is to be protected from judgment. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 30 put it this way. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you have been sealed for the day of redemption. We've been sealed with the promise of the Holy Spirit. So you can never experience any tribulation or judgment. We've been sealed. Wherever you are, just say, I have been sealed with the Holy Ghost of promise. So I'm not going to experience the tribulation that will happen on earth. I will be by the side of Jesus and I will be at rest. I will be with him forever. And enjoy everything he has prepared for me. This is why you must be born again if you are yet to be born again. You just have to be born again. You know, we have to understand that when God is beckoning on us, when God is chasing after you and telling him to surrender your life to him, is because the world is already condemned. 
So because the world is already condemned, Jesus came to save you and her. The world is condemned already. Jesus came to offer every one of us eternal life. And as men that believe and receive, once we say yes to Jesus, boom, we receive his eternal life. So that even when tribulation happens on earth, you won't experience it because what you received was eternal life. So not just in this world, in the world to come, it's eternal life. And eternal life is a life of peace, a life of joy, a life of righteousness, a life of... So if things happen or things will happen on earth, the day of the vengeance of our Lord will come. No doubt, I'm not, I'm not against that, I'm not disputing that. But I'm not okay with preachers preaching it and making believers scared. No. You shouldn't be scared. It's like if I tell you guys that, guys, I want to predict something. Maybe I'm the, I'm the number one doctor in the world. And I tell you guys that, okay, guys, um, a sickness will hit the heart in two weeks. That will make you all scared if I stop there. If I tell you, oh, a sickness will hit the heart, you will all be scared. But if I tell you, as long as you are a female, the sickness will not touch you. Now, listen. Even though the information was general, will the female be scared? Or if a lady, if a female, will you be scared? No. Because though you know the sickness is coming, it won't touch you because you're a female. Exactly. If you're born again, the day of, the, 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 the day of judgment is coming. The wrath of the Lord will come upon the earth. But guess what? It's not coming to you. It's not coming for you. You have been sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. And before that time comes, Jesus will come for you first. He will bring you to where he is first. He will take you to his throne and put you right at the, at the right hand of the Father first before he opens our seals. No judgment will touch any single believer. Of course, of course, the good news, God is so gracious that salvation will still be extended to a few people that won't still Again, that's the ironic part. For some people that won't still receive the life of Christ when Jesus until Jesus comes, though they have to pay f- and, and pay for their own. S- let, let me show you. Let me show you. Let me see if I can find it in the book of Revelation, chapter twenty. Is it chapter twenty or verse chapter twenty-one? Holy Spirit. Let me just show you this part and then we we'll wrap it up. Revelation chapter. Uh, it should be chapter twenty, but let me see. Let me confirm. I don't want to give you guys wrong information. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Revelation chapter... Okay, perfect. Revelation chapter 20, we should display this. Revelation chapter 20, verse 4. It's a very long verse. But everybody go to Revelation chapter 20, verse 4. I saw thrones on which were seated those who have been given authority to judge. Who do you think um, John was talking about? You and I, we've been given authority to judge. The Bible says in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 6, don't you know that you will judge angels? And he's not talking about angel. He's talking about fallen angel in context. Who judge? Don't you know? <laughs> God has not just made us kings unto himself, even though that's beautiful. God has not just made us priests. He has also made us a judge. Hallelujah. So the Bible says, those who have been given authority to judge. And I saw the souls of those who have been bearded, listen, because of their testimony about Jesus and because of the word of God. So these guys at that time, they've, they've already re- um, resurrected as well, the first resurrection. 
Bible says they had not worshipped the beast or its image and had not received the marks on their forehead or their hand. They came to life and reigned with Christ a thousand years. So the Bible was talking about a set of people that, well, this set of people, they had not worshipped the beast or the image or received his mark. Though they experienced the tribulation, but they still chose to not receive. You see, salvation in different dispensations is almost as if it's different. The Bible says, Abraham believed God, it was accounted unto him as righteousness. Salvation for Abraham, because Jesus has not died and risen as at that time, even though God has planned redemption from the foundation of the world, but for different dispensation, what salvation is, is almost different. During the time of Noah, what was salvation for them? It is enter the ark. The flood is coming. Judgment is coming. And as people that enter the ark, they were saved. In our own time, Jesus has died. He rose. Hallelujah. If you believe, you will never perish. If you believe, just die for your sins and you rose on the third day, then you are saved. That is salvation for our dispensation and for the rest of our, of our life until Jesus comes back. But what happens when Jesus comes back and then he, he brings us to where he is and then tribulation happens on heart? What, is, what would be salvation for them? Would they still be saved? Can anybody still be saved among those that have experienced the tribulation? I think the answer is yes. So what would be the criteria at that time? I think it would be those that will refuse to worship the beast even though this beast will be given the opportunity to, to torment them to make them go through pain, but if they still choose to not receive the mark of the beast, I think they will be saved. So again, I'm trying to explain this to make you understand. First, you won't experience the tribulation because you're, you're born again. You're saved and you'll be sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. For you, there's no judgment for you. All your judgment fell on Jesus. This should just give you rest to your soul. Even when you read the book of Revelation. Don't shy away from that book. For every judgment you see happen on earth, you are not there. You are not experiencing it. I, I strongly believe you already. And that's why I took time to explain that the 24 elders is a picture of all believers in heaven. And I, if you missed the last session, go and catch up with it. And I took time to explain it from the scripture. The Bible says these guys were clothed in white. All believers are clothed in white, the garment of righteousness. These guys have crown. Jesus has given you the crown of life. He said to him who overcome, I will give crown of life. What does it mean to overcome? To overcome according to the book of First John chapter 5 verse 5 is to be born again. To believe that Jesus is the son of God. That's what it means to overcome. And these guys are seated on the throne. The book of Ephesians chapter 2 verse 6 says we are seated in Christ in the heavenly places. So all the qualities of the 24 elders are the things Jesus or the Bible promised every single believer. So the 24 elders is a picture of you and I in heaven. And I took time to explain this. If you missed that session, go and listen to it. So you're already in heaven. That's why Revelation chapter 4 and 5 came first before Revelation chapter 6. That's why Revelation chapter 4 and 5, rapture happened. We are in heaven worshipping the Lamb. Our song is all about the Lamb. What is the Lamb that was slain? And then Revelation chapter 6 started when the judgment began on earth. Isn't that awesome that God has saved you from the wrath to come? So the day of the vengeance of our Lord that Jesus didn't read about. Is because he hopes that you'll be saved. And if you're listening to this and you're born again and you're saved, you've been saved from the wrath to come. Isn't that awesome? Thank you, Holy Spirit. It's a good place to wrap it up. Father, we thank you. We give you all the praise. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you because you begin to open our eyes to see that you're such a good God. You, if possible, you want to save every one of us from the wrath to come. 
The Bible says in the book of First Peter that it is not your will that any should perish. If you had your way, you want everybody to come into repentance. Everybody to be saved from the rot to come. Because you're a good God. And this is why you will raise more evangelists that will preach the pure gospel of Christ. That will reach out to people with the gospel of Christ died, you rose on the third day for our justification and we'll see many more people believe in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. For as many people that want, they desire to preach the gospel, but they are not so confident, they are focusing on their self rather than focusing on Christ. You give them boldness to focus on Jesus and you give them confidence to stand and witness Jesus even in every aspect of their lives. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' beautiful name, I be prayed. And the God's people say, Amen. All right. Um, this time, I, I just want to make sure I sh- share everybody. 25 Days of Transformation, my book, To the Glory of God, is still available. If you're yet to get a copy, you should get a copy. And it's available on Amazon. So just go to Amazon. It doesn't matter what country you are. Just go on Amazon and type 25 Days of Transformation and then you'll be able to get your copy of my book. And if you're in Brandon, by the way, this book will still be launched in Brandon. Uh, we were in Vancouver a few days ago and to the great of God, we were able to launch this book. And more importantly, more, more, the, the, the greatest news for me is we, we got somebody saved. Somebody gave her life to Christ or somebody received the life of Christ. Somebody got born again. You choose one. <laughs> and got born again, prayed in tongues, and isn't that awesome? And that's the greatest thing that can happen to anybody. So now, you know, I've been preaching on Revelation chapter 6. That means this person also will be with us in heaven while this tribulation happens on earth. Isn't that awesome? And that means you should not stop, never stop preaching the gospel wherever you find yourself. So we're going to Brandon. August 7, I believe, will be in Brandon. July 31, we'll launch this in Winnipeg. August 7, we'll launch it in Brandon. But if you're in every other country apart from this country, these cities, just order for your copy online. And if you're in Winnipeg, you need a copy personally, send me a DM. I'll try and get it across to you. <laughs> All right, it's been an awesome ride. If you have any questions, by the way, just send your questions. If not, thank you so much, everybody, for connecting. If possible, you can share this with your friends, share this with your family. And finally, God bless you. Amen. If you have been blessed by this message, we invite you to partner with us to send the gospel of God's love to all nations. Send us an email on truespiritualitynetwork at gmail.com. You can also follow us on all social media platforms, True Spirituality Network on both Facebook and Instagram, T-Spirituality on Telegram, and Akimika on YouTube. So cash up with all our podcasts, search for Akimika on all major platforms, including Spotify, audio mark and anchor as you feed on god's love for you allow his love to cast out every fear and remember it's not about you it's all about jesus